0: Welcome to Between the Waves, the podcast all about how to create sustainable mental health to help you find a little bit of space between your waves. Hey everyone, it's Hannah here. Joining me today is Lindsay Ann Gould. Lindsay is a qualified podcast and business coach with over 20 years' experience as a coach, award winning trainer, and mentor. Lindsay helps entrepreneurs, brands start podcasts that positively impact the lives of their listeners as well as grow their businesses. In particular, Lindsay is passionate about getting more female voices heard through the growing media of podcasting. She lives in the northwest of England with her husband, two daughters and a gazillion pets. Hi Lindsay, how are you?
1: Hi, I'm very well. I love that line at the end.
0: <laughs> I do too. I, I just, how many pets do you have? Like, what do you have? <laughs>
1: oh my goodness we've got nine pets currently we're probably going to have a few more before the year's out but yeah we've got nine we've got a dog oh sorry we've got two dogs we've got a cat we've got rabbits we've got a tortoise we've got a pygmy hedgehog Wow! we've got yeah we've got all sorts of stuff we love animals over
0: here (laughs) <laughs> That's amazing. And is that, is is animals like, is that part of your kind of wellness as a family your kind of confidence building for the children and, and keeping your mental health in balance? Is that, is that what the pets are about? You know
1: what, it's such a good question, because I can't imagine my home anymore without having loads of pets around. Um completely helps with mental health. Yeah. they it's so relaxing. They're the first person, even though they're not people, they're the first people <laughs> you see when you walk in the door. Um you know they're always there, completely loyal. Um, yeah, we, we love having animals around. It's relaxing to have them around. You know, there is research about it, isn't there? That, you know, if you stroke a cat or a dog and you've got pets around you, you you do have lower stress levels. And yeah, I think it, it increases responsibility in kids as well, having pets around, looking after animals. I think, you know, if somebody can look after an animal and they care about animals, I think it shows a lot about them and their character. So it's definitely great for kids growing up with pets completely
0: agree yeah I, I love that I, I think we'd have to start we don't have any pets I think we'd have to start with something fairly small and self-sufficient <laughs>
1: yeah get a fish
0: get a fish <laughs> that's a great idea I'm sure we could cope with a fish <laughs> can't stroke a fish though that's the only thing uh, no <laughs> we're, we're just kind of in the country at the moment we're just kind of coming out of lockdown and everything how has this whole process been for you
1: Yeah, it's been a bit of a crazy one, hasn't it? I don't know about you, but at the start of this year, I planned out exactly what was going to happen this year in my business and, you know, what breaks we would take. And that's just, you know, it's all gone out the window. Um, We have changed things slightly, but I think that the biggest change for me is... You know not having as much face to face work going on and i I love having face to face work with people. I love meeting up with my clients and um, seeing them in person. I had a retreat booked in may and we've had to cancel that we're doing it again later in the year, so it so it's fine, but that one to one time has been sorely missed, um, but the business is doing really well. you know there are so many people wanting to get online there are so many people wanting to grow their audience in new and different ways so for me personally, um, it's been lovely having my family home. My husband's a teacher, so he's been in and out of school, really. He's been doing sort of key worker teaching and that sort of thing. Um, my eldest daughter is at university, so she's home. My youngest daughter is at school and she's at home. So it's been lovely for me. And I'm actually I'm actually sort of dreading them going back in September. <laughs> um, it's been lovely having them home, um, although... I thought before all of this that I loved working on my own and having the house to myself, which I do. It's great. You know, you get some peace and quiet, but it's been lovely having them home. But on the whole, I've been very lucky. Business has been good. I'm well aware. There's so many people who that hasn't been the case for. And, you know, I'm doing a lot in my free communities to support to support those people at the moment, to get them you know, moving on to online if they're not already and and showing them a different way of of running their businesses, um, because there's so much opportunity out there, isn't there?
0: Totally. And it's been a really scary time if you've got a predominantly face to face business to all of a sudden Mm -hmm. have that door shut in your face and you're you're having to completely reinvent your business and and how you want to deliver your content. You know, that that can be really scary. So having someone like you in in your corner coaching you and guiding you and, and just Answering some of the questions that you know sometimes we're too afraid to ask because we think we're a bit silly. But you know, having having that community of people that you have built, certainly in terms of podcasting, that's that's completely helped me have confidence to get to this point. You know, I did your content planning workshop, I came away from that thinking, oh, I have got some stuff to say, that's quite interesting. And then using the community to just learn from other people and share ideas and support each other. It's just phenomenal that what you've been able to build has just been so helpful to so many people.
1: Thank you so much. I'm glad you enjoyed the workshop as well. It's something that really holds people back from getting started, thinking, oh, my goodness, I'm going to run out of things to say. Um, So getting that content plan beforehand um, is definitely the key and the the trick to it all, really. But thank you. I, I love the community. I love having, you know, so many people in there who... Are looking to get started or they're just in the early stages of starting it's just great to see everybody's confidence grow as their podcast launches it's just been fantastic
0: yeah it is really wonderful so I'm keen to know how did you get started in podcasting
1: Yeah, good question. So I've been listening to podcasts for for years and years and years. And my background is in HR and training. So I've been a coach, as you said, at the start for over 20 years now. And a lot of the work that I was doing in the last few years of uh, being in a job um, before I started started my business in 2015 was, you know, I was traveling all over the place. I was all over the country. I was all over the world on some occasions. And I spent a lot of time stuck in traffic on the motorway. So I was listening to podcasts constantly. And one of the ones that I listened to um, very early on was Amy Porterfield's podcast, Online Marketing Made Easy. And she sort of showed me a different way that I didn't actually realize was, (laughs) there for me and you know podcasts really opened up a different world for me and a different way of working and it sort of showed me what was possible because I didn't have anybody in sort of real life who was doing what I wanted to do so I started off listening to them and then when I finished my job in 2015 and started my business it was one of the things that I knew that I wanted to do so I I was I had a business of you know coaching people. I was working with companies and brands. I was helping them quit the 9 to 5, and I was doing career coaching that sort of thing. And then in 2018, um, when I started my podcast, I had so many people contact me about you know how how do you do this? How do you make money from a podcast? How do you actually grow it? How do you get it all started? Um, And I was helping people all the time answering questions. And then I just thought, you know, this is something I adore doing. I'm helping lots of people doing it. So maybe there's something in this. So I started tentatively um, with a few workshops where I was helping people get started and figure out what their own podcast was going to be about. And then early 2019, I made the full transition over to podcasting. And I've been a podcasting and business coach since early 2019. Um, It's been fantastic. The business has grown hugely since I made that transition. And it's something that I absolutely adore because honestly, podcasting is, is so huge right now. And if you're in the online space, you've got this assumption that everybody's starting a podcast. But they're really not and and you'll know this Hannah if you're part of my community that you know there are actually only only a million podcasts out there right now and if you compare that to 31 million YouTube channels I mean there's so much land to grab
0: yeah there's so much land
1: to grab that there is so much possibility and opportunity out there for podcasters so that's what really opened me up to it all, really. Listening to them myself, seeing the value that it gave me and the inspiration that I needed to, to make a huge change in my own life. And then I wanted to do the same for others. So that's how I got started with it all.
0: Yeah, and that's just amazing. Like, hearing those figures really kind of brings it home. Like, if you said to me, there are a million podcasts, I'd be like, oh, crikey, that's quite a lot. Um, maybe mm-hmm. there isn't space for me. But when you compare it like you do to the like YouTube figures, there's definitely space for everybody, cause, because everybody brings their own slant on things. And that's what we love about podcasts. Like I listen to a, quite a lot of mental health, personal development podcasts. Mm-hmm. And you might think, oh, well, how much is there to say about mental health? You know, you've got some conditions, you talk about it, you know, you, you talk about your coping strategies. But actually, everyone brings their own story, their own experience and and their own take on mental health and particular conditions. And it's just helps you to really have that holistic view that I find you can't get from any other media, really.
1: I completely agree. And the fact that, you know, with a YouTube channel, people people sort of mindlessly scroll through YouTube looking for a video that catches their eye. And with a podcast, what happens is people tune in intentionally, like with your show, my show, many other shows, people are waiting for that next episode. They're waiting to see the next guest or what you're going to teach them next time. So people are tuning in intentionally. That's the difference for me. It's like speaking on stage every week and having... So many of your ideal clients and ideal listeners out there listening to you every single week it's It's just incredible it's just you in your little room with your microphone, <laughs> and you've got the ability to reach so many people from all over the world so that's what I find amazing about it
0: yeah, definitely and for me having having the safety and security of being able to be at home you know behind the microphone it is one thing that really appeals to me about podcasting because I'm such a shy person naturally that if I, you know, if I try to speak to people in public, I've done a bit of public speaking and I'm pretty Mm. good at psyching myself up and and getting over the nerves and delivering what I need to deliver. But I couldn't do that day in, day out without feeling exhausted. Whereas Mm. at home in my safe space, you know, I can reach out and have conversations with people that I'd never get the opportunity to meet in real life and, you know, have fantastic conversations from a place where I feel comfortable and relaxed. And, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't exhaust me. It doesn't set off my anxiety and it's just a really natural, comfortable media for me. I think it's just so much more accessible, I think, for people.
1: Yeah. You have really hit the nail on the head there. It's completely that it, and I think as well, you've, I think you get, more of the real person on a podcast people yeah. almost take the barriers down a little bit when they know it's not a live video or they know they're not going to be visible and you know they know it's all editable all that <laughs> stuff is really important you know it, it's important that if you don't like being on video for example or the dog barks in the background or something happens you know it's all it all can be edited and I think you get I think you've got the ability to get really under the surface with people in a way that you can't on any other media. So I completely agree. Completely agree.
0: Yeah, I think that's so true. And I think so I have anxiety and many mental health conditions, you know, bring with them this huge dollop of fear that can absolutely be paralyzing in day to day life. You know, lots of people are unable to work or unable to live the lives that they actually truly want to live because of their mental health condition you know, lots of mental health conditions tell you lies about yourself that you can't do things, it can just absolutely put a blocker in front of you that feels just too big to kind of move out of the way. I noticed that so when we were talking earlier, you've been speaking about taking action despite fear and and building confidence. So what do you recommend for people to still take action despite that kind of fear that can often stop you right in your tracks?
1: Yeah, it's such a big issue. And I used to talk about um, courage a heck of a lot. My my business and my group before I moved fully into podcasting was all around courage and fear, because it is huge, not just for people who have any sort of mental health issues, anybody can get debilitated by fear and, you know, get stuck in that, you know, I don't want to take action, I don't know what to do next. But you're quite right, you know, the the issues that come up for you if you have anxiety or if there is anything else going on for you, 100%, the thing that it comes down to is around self-belief. And you're quite right, certain mental health conditions can tell you lies. It can, you know, make you feel that you are a certain way or look a certain way or you are a certain person that you're actually not. And it's, it's almost acknowledging that to yourself. It's having that, it's having that acceptance that you are going to have those thoughts, but they're not real. They aren't real. Your thoughts aren't real. They're just things that sort of pass through your mind. It doesn't mean that they're real. But the self-belief for me is the absolute fundamental. It's about thinking deep down, do I believe I can actually do this? And the way you can do that is look to your past perhaps before your anxiety before any sort of mental health condition was was prevalent in your life think about times when things have gone well think about times that you have achieved things and there will be things however small they are there will be things that you can say yeah I did that I did that all on my own and I, I achieved this and it's about thinking okay what did I do And what can I put in the memory bank? What can I refer back to when things feel debilitating, when when things feel unsurmountable and it's too big a mountain to climb? It's about taking action despite all of that and having that self-belief at your core that you can achieve something and that you do have ability and you do have a voice and you can make a change in your own life. So I think self-belief as well as resilience is really fundamental for anybody really, And that resilience, I I know that has definitely been something for me. You know, I've been in my own business for five years now. And the first few years were really tough. You know, I'll be very open and say that it was really tough. It was hard work. And it took a long time to to get to the stage that I wanted to be at. And and I'm still not there. You know, I have huge goals and huge, huge ambitions for my business. But it takes time. And I think often we think okay i can't take this action because it's too big it's really about breaking things down and seeing over time you know this is this is a long term objective this is a long term goal i have it does i don't have to do everything today i don't even have to do everything this year you know what can i do today to grow my own self belief and make me feel that i'm gaining some momentum and i'm gaining some traction so just just having one small thing that you can do each day can help with that self-belief. It doesn't matter how big it is because having having achieved something and having taken a step and having done something each day towards your goal gives you confidence. It gives you confidence and that confidence is then going to see you through to do the next thing and do the next thing and then do it again the day after. So self-belief, that was a really long answer, but self-belief and resilience, I believe, are at the core of all of that.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. And and there are two things that um, friends have said to me over the years in terms of when I've been in a really anxious place um, and I'm struggling to leave the house even, let alone do anything sort of big and and adventurous. It's that fear is false evidence appearing real. Mm. You know, you can that little seed of fear can really quickly grow into this huge monster of of falseness you know none of it is true it is it is all just fake story that your internal anxiety is telling you it's very convincing you know an- anxiety is is a is a, is a mm. fantastic liar you know it it's, it makes it feel really real but but whenever i feel afraid that's what I tell myself, you know, it is false Mm. evidence appearing real. And that helps me to kind of just have a bit of headspace to take a breath. And Mm. then the second piece comes in, which my very good friend always tells me, she says, baby steps to brilliance. Yeah, baby steps. It's like, tiny things. Like some days for me, that is, can I get up and have a shower? You know, whereas Mm. other days, it's can I stand on a stage in front of like 60 people and talk about my life story, you know, and it really is dependent on the day, but those, that baby step that you can take as soon as you recognize that fear is not real. It's just going to get in your way. What baby step can you take to go around it, you know, or to carry on through it until you, until you reach your goal.
1: Yeah. And I actually think there are a few different types of fear as well. So there's that, debilitating fear that you know it feels like a genuine you know danger it feels dangerous it feels terrifying and I, I understand that feeling but then there's also that it's almost expansive fear it's that fear that comes up for you when you're stepping out of your boundaries and you're growing and you're doing something new you're doing something for the first time and I think that sort of fear I'll let you into a secret that honestly doesn't go away and that might seem a bit terrifying to hear, but that fear never goes away. That expansive fear won't go away because it's a good fear. It means you're growing. So when you're starting something new and you get those butterflies in the tummy or You're feeling a little bit nauseous about stepping up onto that stage or doing that Facebook live for the first time or even just posting on social media, whatever it might be. If you feel that expansive fear because it's something new and something where you know you're growing, do it anyway, because that doesn't go away. Even the biggest seven figure earners, the biggest business owners in the world still get fear when they're trying something new. And it's it, it's not real. It It's it's back to our prehistoric times, isn't it? It's that fight or flight we all know about. Yeah. It, it's there. But realistically, we're not going to get, you know, we're not going to get chased by a woolly mammoth or whatever it might be. You know, we're, we're just going to step on stage or we're just going to go live. That expansive fear, you should embrace it, in my view, yeah. because it means you're growing. It means you're growing as a person. It means you're learning. It means you're doing something more. So I think when you have another type of fear that's where you know you need to get additional support you need to get you know you need to speak to somebody you need maybe to see the doctor but that expansive fear embrace it that is my view.
0: Yeah it's it's that doctor pepper phenomenon isn't it like what's the mm. worst that can happen just <laughs> yeah. you know just go for it. it you know you're just you're just putting yourself out there some people are going to like it some people aren't who cares yeah and it's it's just being able to step outside of your own head and have that view, once you've built up your self-belief, like you say, you're much more able to go, I know that what I'm putting out there is good and therefore I don't need anybody else's validation. And so I'm not worried about what they think. And then, you yeah. know, that helps you to kind of get through that fear, doesn't it?
1: Mm, 100%. And it, and it won't be a scary next time.
0: The more yeah. you do it,
1: it won't be a scary next time
0: absolutely so while we're talking about self-belief then what are your tips and tricks to help us all build our confidence a bit
1: so the biggest one for me and this is something i use myself daily because we all have those days don't we where we think oh i'm no good i'm rubbish at this, who's going to listen to me, everybody feels like that at some point. But when that gets debilitating, you know, you need to put a plan in place. And one of the biggest things that I do all the time, whenever I get somebody send me a lovely message where I've helped somebody or um, something that I've done has been really well received, I keep that evidence, I'll do a screenshot, I'll copy it, I'll put it onto a folder in my laptop that is all about evidence that I'm good at what I do. And it's not an arrogant thing. It's about building up my own self-belief. It's thinking to myself, okay, here is the evidence that this thing that I don't think that I can do, I've got evidence that I've done stuff in the past. I've achieved this. I've helped people. Keeping the evidence really visible front and centre is something I recommend to everybody, no matter what. You know, if you're starting a business, you're you're growing, you're doing anything new or just getting through life, having evidence that you can look back on when you're feeling low and when you're feeling anxious and scared about doing the next thing is really going to help you. And then a couple of questions that I think is really um, it's a useful thing to, to ask yourself and maybe journal on it is, Who do I need to be to do the thing I want to do? So who do I need to be? And then what would I do if I was confident? So when you're thinking to yourself, I really can't do this, I'm I'm not going to be any good, or that imposter syndrome comes up as well, where, you know, it lies to us and tells us that we're no good. Asking yourself, what would I do if I was confident? So if I was the most confident me, what would I do in this situation? And then do those things, even if you don't feel 100% confident, do the things that you would do if you were confident. That massively helps you to take that first step. Clarity and confidence comes with action. When you take a step, however small it is, it's going to make you feel more confident in what you do. 100%. So that's what I would suggest for people at this stage to sort of help them step up, take action and increase their confidence, really.
0: I love that. We're so quick to focus on any tiny, even almost imperceptible negative that we see from other people. You know, someone could leave a comment on something you post and you you sort of spend 20 minutes looking at it going, oh, is that supposed to sound narky and, and mm-hmm. like divisive, you know, and you take that in and you hold it with you the next time you post something and the, probably the time after that and you you know it can stay with you and and sort of erode your courage but to have a smack in the front of your computer you know all Mm. of this evidence that says actually do you know what that one person's opinion I've got like 25 things here that show that what I've done has been really good is is so helpful just to like cleanse yourself almost of that Mm. kind of negativity because we're so quick to take it and hold it aren't we and we don't need to we don't need to. You're
1: quite right. And I've had some really horrible emails and messages sent to me over the years. And at first, I used to really take them personally. I'd massively let them affect me for days. Honestly, for days and days, I would be thinking about that email. And it would stop me from taking more action. It would stop me from doing the things that I wanted to do. And then I, I quickly realised, you know, after, after the first year or so of business, you quickly realize that those people, they're never going to be happy, that they're never going to be happy with whatever you do. So it's, it's not worth investing your energy in people who don't invest in you. And I don't mean from a monetary point of view. I mean, in their time and their effort and wanting to make a change for themselves. You know, those keyboard warriors, you know, who cares? Who cares what they think? Um, so whenever I get anything like that, I just delete it. I literally see what it says and then just delete it. And I just ignore it. And my team are instructed to do the same. Just delete anything like that. Unless it's a genuine customer issue, yeah. um, which, you know, I'm very lucky. Very, very rarely happens. You know, it just doesn't matter. Just delete them and move on with your life. Just block them.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> That's the great thing about social media. You can do that. You can just block people if you need to.
0: I know that's fantastic isn't it and it's like it's like um my favorite thing that Brené Brown says is like if you're not also on the floor getting your ass kicked I don't care what you think you know you're (laughs) unless you are here with me feeling this pain and fighting like I am to grow a business or to develop myself or whatever it is I'm not interested in what you've got to say because you can't possibly know what it's like down here and I just 100 (laughs) percent that always, that always, it makes me laugh, but but it also kind of brings me that comfort to say, yeah, do you know what? You can sit behind your screen and type a nasty message, but what the hell are you doing with your life? You know, where where yeah. are you putting yourself out there for people to tear you down in the same way that you're doing? Yeah. It's so great now that we are much more aware on social media and much more upfront about saying, do you know what? That's not acceptable. I'm going to block you. Mm. It's, it, I think it's taken us a little while to get to this point, haven't we? And, and we're sort of, you know, we've had some really horrendous experiences of trolls, and and you can now start to see it's coming back around to being a more positive space to be in, um, and people are much clearer about what's acceptable and what's not, which is just fantastic.
1: Yeah, and I think if you're inherently a bit of a people pleaser as well, it can be really, it can be a really scary place. Um, online if you're a people pleaser and you get a horrible message your instinct is to make everything better isn't it your instinct is to make everyone feel happy and smooth the waters down and make everybody happy again but you really don't have to do that you know you are worth more than anybody's opinion of you and Brené Brown is one of my personal heroes she's (laughs) incredible and yeah I love it when she says that you know you, you you don't get to have an opinion you don't get to have an opinion on me if you're not down here doing it. So completely agree with that. Definitely.
0: So my final question that I wanted to ask is, have you got to change one thing for us? So when people feel overwhelmed with, I want to achieve these massive dreams, and I want to change my life, I want to make myself happier. But there's so much to do, I can't do anything. You know, what is the one thing that you'd recommend people focus on?
1: Yeah, this is a brilliant question. And my one thing that I would ask everybody to do is focus in on the why. Things get really, really tough when you're stuck in the middle of a huge goal and it feels too far away. It's so important that your why, why you're doing this thing is something that you massively emotionally connect with it has to be because why on earth would you do it otherwise why on earth would you put yourself through all of that effort and work you know people often get online and think oh I'm going to start an online business it's so much easier I can make easy money it's it's the exact opposite of that it's harder than having a job definitely um, because it's just you at the start you're doing everything so you have to be able to connect with why you're doing it So my one thing is when things are getting tough, when you feel it's just too far away, the goal is too big, you're not good enough, think about why you're doing it in the first place. And I heard from somebody I trust a very long time ago who said to me that if your why doesn't bring a tear to your eye, it's not big enough. It has to be something that you connect with on an absolute soul level. It can't just be, You know, I just want to work flexibly because you can do that in any in any sort of business. You know, why are you doing the business you want to have? Why are you making these changes in your life? Why are you working on your own development? You know, it has to be so much bigger than, oh, I just want flexibility or, you know, I think I should do. It has to connect with you and make you cry a little bit when you think about it. I think that is what I would say to people.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. I I love the, as you're saying that I'm thinking about my why and I'm feeling really emotional and it's <laughs> good. Uh, and I, I just, it's so easy to forget that, isn't it? In the day to day kind of grind of, of life, you know, and, and running a business, like you say, is really hard and you can, you can get lost in it. You can get lost in your a hundred unread emails and, you know, 20 unreturned phone calls that you know that you need to do. But if you can just take a second to go, actually, you know, why am I here? Why am I doing this? You can almost rejuvenate yourself and feel like, yeah, okay, I've got a lot to do, but it's okay. I know why I'm doing it and I can come at this with renewed energy now. It's so, it's so fantastic. And I think if people haven't connected with their why, they haven't found their why yet, you know, that's really something worth investing in, isn't it? Like, do what you need to do to find your why
1: there's a really quick example I can give your listeners about how to find your actual why so ask yourself the question why am I doing this you know whatever the changes you're making why am I doing this and then ask yourself why an additional five times so if the reason that you want to start your business is because you want more flexibility okay but why do you want more flexibility well, I want more flexibility so I can be around my family. OK, why do you want to be around your family? And then just keep asking yourself why until you get right to the root. And that is your true why. That is the true one.
0: I love that. Absolutely. And, and you're right. That is something that, you know, from the outside you can go, well, that's really simple. But actually, after mm-hmm. like two or three why's, that's, it gets quite intense, doesn't it? <laughs> it yeah. can feel quite, you have to be quite vulnerable to get to your why, I think
1: yeah 100% you do and you don't have to share it with anyone you can keep it completely to yourself but as long as you know then that's that's good
0: yeah oh I love that thank you so much Lindsay it's been wonderful to speak to you today thank you so much for
1: having me Hannah it's been my absolute pleasure thank you
0: thank you so much for listening today don't forget if you rate review and subscribe to the podcast during October you'll be in with a chance to win a fabulous yin yoga experience either in person or online with Core Stories Yoga See you next time.